Thank you for listening to this podcast by the River Family Christian Center. We pray that this message strengthens and encourages you in your walk with God. Well, Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for this time, God. I pray that you would open to us our understanding. God, give us understanding ears. Give us a heart to perceive in revelation of you. Father, I thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in our time. And I pray, God, that you only continue to reveal yourself to us in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. All right, go with me to Genesis chapter 1. we got a lot to get over. <laughs> when I first started preaching, I forget, I had like, I think I had like maybe 22 scriptures. It was like one of my first times preaching, and I think I preached, I think I preached all of them, and I did it really fast. I got done in like a half an hour, and I got this guy come up to me at the end of the service, an older guy, and he's like, I think, David, you might have been there. as that, that page joy? He goes, well, you didn't get through all of the, all the Bible, but you darn near, you darn near did. Was, yeah, so anyways, we'll get through it all today. I, I'm, I've been in this a little longer now. So um, Genesis chapter 1. <laughs> I'm joking in case everybody kind of like got real quiet there. Genesis chapter 1 verse 26 says, then, then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness and let us have dominion over the fish of the sea and, over the, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air and over the cattle over every, over, and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. So then, then God said, let, let them be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. And so we see here that God created man in his own image. And I'm going to talk to us just for a minute. I need to kind of make a preface about the kingdom and the king. So because what's happened is I've been for the past two years, I've been doing this in-depth study and research on the kingdom and what it really means to be a part of the kingdom and what that looks like, how the kingdom really is to function because we look at church, and I'm looking at church, and I'm thinking, the early church, was the models of the early church, I shouldn't, when I say models, I don't mean like, uh, this is how you grow a church. I mean like the way they did church. The models of the early church are, were such a stark contrast to what we have today. And I, I couldn't figure out, I, I've, I've thought this for years, and I've not been able to truly figure out why this is the way it is. Why was the early church so different than what we have today? What was it about the early church? Well, the number one thing was that they understood from the creation, because they had, the early church, the, the early fathers had walked with, with you know, I mean, uh, Paul, I'm sorry, not Paul, but uh, uh, Peter and the, the disciples had walked with Jesus. So they began to understand about the relationship that Jesus wanted to have with them. So when they talked about the kingdom of heaven, or the kingdom of God, I should say, they understood because they were in Roman rule. When Jesus was born, he was born in Roman, they were born in Roman captivity, right? And so what happened was, we understand that that was a kingdom. Well, when God created man, he created man to have, to rule over the earth. He created man for the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is here on the earth, the kingdom of heaven is in heaven. And so what happens is God created man to ha be able to have dominion over the earth because it is he is a king, Jesus is the king, and he is looking for a kingdom. Now, we are kings and lords unto the, unto the, un, unto the Lord, right? 
We're kings and priests, what the Bible says. And because we're kings and priests, we have to understand that we're not just set up to be uh, um, um, subservient. We are literally, God entrusted us with the very truth of the Word of God. And as He entrusted us with the truth of the Word of God, He didn't entrust us with religion. He entrusted us with truth about Him in the relationship. Does that make sense? Am I making sense? So what, he's, what, so what he gave us in the word of God is he gave us the truth about him. Not a religious book, but the truth of who he is so that we would be able to understand him and his nature. Because when we understand the kingdom of God, we begin to look and we begin to say, okay, the kingdom of God is very different. And it's very interesting when you go to Israel, and I've been to Israel, and I've seen how the churches interact with each other, and they're set up so stark different than what we have here, because they will come together as a congregation. They don't call themselves churches. They call themselves congregations, which I find very fascinating to me. They call themselves congregations. And so they come together as congregations, as people, as ecclesia. They consider that ecclesia. And as they come together as ecclesia, they understand that they are actually beginning to step into the process of understanding the kingdom. Because Jesus, he never, it was very interesting, and, and you can go through the, the, the Gospels, and you can look at this, Jesus never preached salvation. He preached the kingdom. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven, or the kingdom of God, is at hand. He never preached salvation. Now, he was saying he is the way to salvation, but he preached about the kingdom. It's, it's, this is, this, to me, this is mind-boggling. And I, I, prayed, I pray that I'm getting this across correctly. Because when you begin to look at this and you begin to understand the kingdom, you begin to realize that he had a certain way he wanted things done. So what I'm trying to establish for us right now is that he created us to have dominion or rulership over the earth. Look at your neighbor and say, you were created to rule over the earth. Now, that does not mean mankind, but that means like, you know, how many of y'all have ever had those times where, you're, you know, it seems like your yard's starting to roll over you in summertime after that heavy rain, and it rains for like five days in a row, and you can't mow that yard? It's like that yard's starting to roll over you, right? Well, we're to rule over situations of, of, of the earth, but we're not to rule over each other. I'm not, we're not, we're not, I'm not ruling over you. You're not ruling over me, but we are free in Christ. We're, we're one. We're neither Greek nor slave, nor, nor, nor Jew nor Greek, or whatever, slave nor free, Jew nor Greek. We are one in Christ. And because of that, we have to understand that God has called us together to be able to bring about the kingdom of God here on the earth. So, when we understand that, we have to realize that we were created to rule over situations and circumstances, even those situations and circumstances that try to rule over us and our emotions. You say amen? There are situations and circumstances that try to rule over your emotions. Sometimes those situations and circumstances are, are, are financial. Sometimes they're relational. Sometimes they're, they're economic. Sometimes they're job-related. Sometimes they're family-related. Sometimes they're health-related. Sometimes all these different situations and circumstances that try to rule over us when God has called us to rule over them. Again, not people. But the situation, in other words, I'm not going to let the situation dictate to me how I'm going to handle it. 
because we go back to the original intent. It says, again, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. So we are to have dominion, rulership, domain over those things that rule upon the earth, or that live upon the earth. So we are to have dominion over them. We are to step, step into a place where we understand what we are doing and how we are doing it. So God has entrusted to each one of us through his word, by his spirit, the ability for us to be able to rule and reign with him in, heavenly, in, in Christ. So that what happens is in the heavenly places where things begin to happen at, we understand our rule and reign is down here. And as we can carry on down here, we will begin to see that things are going to change more and more. Right? Do you, do you guys see that the earth is changing today? Again, when I talked about this, I talked about this a few weeks ago, several months ago actually. Do you know that with COVID-19, that was the only time since the Tower of Babel that the earth has been united in one voice? Isn't that staggering? Do you know that since, that, since COVID-19, that things have progressed astronomically? Do you notice the volcanoes erupting? Do you notice all these different things happening? And we've said for a long time, well, we've been in the days of sorrows. These are the last days of the end times. It is. It absolutely is. But we're seeing things speed up now. Never before have we seen people come together in, in an event where they're talking about what they need to do and how there needs to be one leader that rises up to begin to help the nations. We just need one leader. That's what the, that's what the nations are saying. Check your news. It's, it's amazing. And so we're seeing, and I'm not saying that he's come, I'm not saying that everything's going to happen tomorrow, that we're heading into the tribulation. I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying we need to be aware of things. So we need to be very aware, but you have to understand first that you are created to have rulership over situations and circumstances that try to rule over you. The reason I'm telling you that is because when you talk about things in the end days, when you talk about situations and circumstances and where we're at and what things are going on, people begin to get fearful. Oh no, don't talk about that. But folks, we need to have an honest conversation and an honest, honest truth about what the word says that we need to understand about the end times. We need to understand what it says about how we are to carry on. Do you know that we're not to carry on in fear? I'm to have rulership over that fear. Let's go to Genesis chapter 4 real quick. How many of y'all know that anything that's not of faith is sin, right? I'm not putting this under the law. That's just what the word says. Anything that's not of faith is sin, and I want to walk pleasing of the Lord, so I want to begin to do whatever I need to do to please him. Now, this is Genesis chapter 4. Now, this is after Cain slew Abel, right? But he, God made a very staggering statement. In verse 7, he says, If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door, and its desire is for you. But you should rule over it. You should rule over it. You should rule over your emotions. You should rule over your situations and circumstances. Not saying they won't get hairy or they won't get crazy, but we rule over those things. We don't allow them to rule us. Can you say amen? So we need to understand that because the Father is looking for us to understand more and more in these days what it is that we were created for. You were created to live with Jesus 
and to be part of the kingdom. We were created as kingdom citizens. Can you say amen? In the kingdom, there is neither black nor white. There is neither red nor brown. There is neither yellow nor white nor brown. There's not green. It doesn't matter. In the kingdom, we are all one in him. So when we come together, see, it's very interesting to me because I've been in these other nations and these other nations, you know, in, in, in Nepal, they talk about how at that point in time, they talk about Genghis Khan. They were like, Monique started talking to me and he, he was talking over there and he's like, yeah, you can see those who have been here in Nepal, some of us have Mongol descent. I'm like, what? He's Mongol, Mongolian descent. That's what they say. They're like, it's called Mongols. And, he, and he's like, we're, we're Mongol descent. He's like, but we're all one in Christ. So you have those who are of Arab descent or those who are of Indian descent. But when they come together in Nepal, they're all one in Christ. It's very interesting. So when they come together in their church services, they come together as one. That's what needs to happen today. Amen? America could learn a lot from that. We come together as one. Why? Because Jesus, being a Jew, a Middle Easterner, he wasn't white. So when we come together as one, we're coming together to worship the living God who was a Hebrew. The living God who was, is, was once slain before the foundation of the earth, but now is risen and is alive. So we're coming together and worshiping him. So we're one in Christ. So when he says that we are to rule over sin, he's saying that this from the beginning, before the law, and that means even after the law, the truth of that word still stands. We are to rule over that sin that would try to lie at the door, to try to get us in fear, doubt, unbelief, to get us in, in anger, to get us in rage, to get us in all these offenses that would begin to take place. He has said we should rule over it. In the New Testament, it would go on to say sin no longer has dominion. Isn't that interesting? So we take it through the cross. Now sin no longer has dominion. So you can rule over it. Praise the Lord. So let's go to Matthew chapter 24. Matthew chapter 24. Um, let's go to verse um, 34. It says, Assuredly I say to you, this generation will by no means pass away till all these things take place. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. Now let me just explain something real quick to you. Heaven and earth will pass away, but his words by no means will pass away. God sent Jesus to be the king of the Jews, right? Jesus came establishing a kingdom. Do you know that in a kingdom, the king's word is rule? That in a kingdom, in a, in a Western world, we have trouble understanding this because we have presidents and we have democracy. We have all these things, elected officials that you know can, be, can happen. But in a kingdom, in the perfect kingdom, which is God's kingdom, in the kingdom, the king's word is rule. And the king's word lasts beyond his life because the king his word is the law of the land so heaven and earth will pass away but my, my these words will never pass away heaven and earth the very creation that he created will pass away but his words will go on why because the king is eternal okay so the reason this is important is because we have to shift out of the natural and we have to shift into the eternal and we have to begin to understand, okay, now we're shifting in from the natural into the eternal. So we're no longer looking at things from the natural perspective. 
We're no longer afraid. We're not walking in fear of what's coming ahead. We're not afraid of the situations or circumstances, but we understand that no matter what, his word will go on for eternity. So I can stand on his word. Again, we're not solo scriptura. We are prima scriptura, but we absolutely stand on the foundation of the scriptures. There is nothing that will ever be higher than the scriptures. There is no revelation that anybody can have that can be higher than the word of God. The word of God is the absolute and utmost authority by which we'll go on forever into eternity. So we stand on the word of God, nothing greater than the word of God. So it says here, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. Then it goes on and says this. It says, but that day and hour no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, but my father but, 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 but my father only. As the days of Noah were, so will it be in the coming of the Son of Man. For as the days, were, the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage. Until the day Noah entered the ark and did not know until the flood came and took them all away. And so, so, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. Then two men will be in a field, one will be taken, another will be left. Two women will be grinding in the mill, one will be taken, one will be left. Watch therefore, for you do not know what hour the Lord is coming. We don't know what hour our Lord is coming. But know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have, wa- he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. Therefore, you also be ready for the Son of Man is coming in an hour which you do not expect it. So don't ever let anyone tell you he's coming back on this date. Right? 88 reasons why he's coming back in 88. Remember that one? I was, like, I was, I was looking, looking at some of that. Y2K? Y2K. I was, that's when I got saved. I got saved in 98. So when Y2K hit, I was like, I was a young Christian because I had backslid for my first year, got back into the Lord, completely gave my life to Jesus, 1999. And all I hear about is Y2K, and I'm like, wow, thank good thing I got saved before the apocalypse. Y2K happened, right? Everybody's, say, everybody's getting their water all together. They're getting their, their food all together. I mean, I, I know people who still have stuff from the Y2K. And midnight hit, everybody's in the church. I'm thinking we're in the church. I mean, I'm young in the Lord. We're in the church, and I'm like, well, this is probably going to be it. You know, January 1, here we go. You know, and Y2K hit, and here we are still today, 2022. Praise the Lord. (laughs) So don't ever let anyone tell you he's coming back tomorrow. He's coming back this time. He's coming back that time. Computers don't dictate when Jesus is coming back. The, the, The world doesn't dictate when Jesus is coming back. Situations and circumstances don't dictate when Jesus is coming back. The reason I'm telling you this is because everybody's talked about the volcano that erupted, talked about how Russia's going to war, might possibly go to war, talking about all these things that are happening right now with the UN and what they're saying about Israel. All these things, see, all these things have to happen, guys. All these things have to happen. So we're not going to allow this to begin to be the thing that changes us and makes us fearful. But we're going to rule over it because we know that his word will never pass away. So as we know his word will never pass away, we can stand on the truth of his word and not be in fear. Can you say amen? So we know that says this though, in the days of Noah. It says here, let's go looking at this. Let's, um, verse 38, actually verse 37. But as the days of Noah were, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. For as, the days of, of, uh, for, for as in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark. Now, is there anything wrong with eating and drinking and giving in marriage? No, there's not. 
But what does that speak of? Well, actually, let's just go on over. Let's go on over to uh, um, Mark chapter 13. I just want to say this real quick because people say, well, you know, the Lord spoke to me and Jesus told me this is going to happen. This is going to happen. And he's coming back then. Wait a minute. Before someone goes there, let's just say this. It's very interesting because it says here, it says this. It says um, Mark 13 verse 32. But of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son. Jesus doesn't even know, only the Father. Which, by the way, that kind of puts to rest the, the Jesus only, because the, the Son doesn't even know. Jesus doesn't even know. Take heed and watch and pray, therefore you do not know when the time is. It is like a man going to a far country who left his house and gave authority to his servants and to, and each one, and to each, each his work and commanded the doorkeeper to watch. Watch, therefore, for you do not know when the master of the house is coming, in the evening, at midnight, at the crowning of the rooster, or in the morning, lest coming suddenly he find you sleeping. And, and what I say to you is, what I say to you all is watch. That means to give strict attention. That word watch means to give strict attention to. That means to be vigilant. So I'm to be very vigilant about when, what's going on. See, because it says here, it says, Watch, therefore, actually, let me go back here. It says in verse 34, it says, It is like a man going to a far country who left his house and gave authority. Now, Jesus said, All authority has been given unto me. Now, we're talking about a kingdom, right? So, a kingdom, he is, is, authority can only be given. So, uh, the Lord will give us authority by which we are to operate in. It's not our authority per se, it's not mine, but it has been given to me. His authority has been given to you. Does that make sense? So in the situations and circumstances of our lives and of this time, we know that we are to walk in our authority that has been given to us by the king himself. So he says here, it says he, has been, he gave authority to people and, then he, and to his servants and, and to each his work and commanded the doorkeeper to watch. So we each have been given a work. Look at your neighbor and say, I've been given a work. You've been given a work. Now, the work is not, my work and your work is completely different. So the reason I'm telling you this is because I want us to have a complete understanding of things as we move forward. Our work is going to be different, but it's going to be important nonetheless. Can I tell you that the work of putting up the drywall was just as important as the work of putting on the, uh, putting in the electrical work? Can I tell you that the, the uh, framing that went on in here was just as important as the electrical work? Can I tell you that not only is the work that went on that, but the painting is just as important as the electrical work? Can I tell you that not only was the painting important, but also the laying of the carpet was important, right? Can I tell you that the building of the stage was important? See, everything about this has a part. We all have a part to play. Can I tell you that those who take care of the children have just as much a, an important part as, as those who are in here? Can I tell you that those who are greeters at the door have just as much importance as I do up here? Can I tell you that those who are ushering in the back or working sound, that they have just as much importance as I do here? Because, see, we're all called to our work, and we want to make sure we fulfill our work. And maybe we're working out in the, in, in, in the world, and maybe we have a business, maybe we have whatever it is. So to the work that has been given to us, we have been entrusted with it, and so we want to be sure that what we do is we honor God in this work. Fulfill it to the best of our ability, whatever it may be. 
your job is your work, your, whatever it is, and whatever, wherever you're at, however you're at. And if you're retired right now, your work is that whatever the Lord wants to you for that day, we're going to go ahead and do it. Amen? That's how we do this. So let's go back to Matthew 24. As we go back to Matthew 24, we see here that Matthew 24, verse 38, for as the days, the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking and giving in marriage. They were marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark. So we see here that Noah entered the ark. And Luke 17, if you would just turn with me for just a moment to Luke 17. Luke 17 begins to talk about this more and more. I'm just going to kind of basically try to stay here in this, in this right here, Luke 17. Luke 17, verse 26. It says, And as it was in the days of Noah, so will it be also in the days of the Son of Man. They ate, they drank, they married wives. They were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark, and the flood came and destroyed them all. Likewise, it was, likewise, it was also <clears throat> in the days of Lot. They ate, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built, but on the day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even so will it be in the day of the Son of Man, the Son of Man is revealed. So again, they ate, they drank, they married wives, all the things that went on there. But we have to understand there are certain things that happened in Noah's days and in Lot's days that we want to we want to highlight. Because what happens is this gives us an understanding of where we're at. Now we're not to look at this and say, well, all these things are happening, and that means Jesus is coming back tomorrow. No, no, no. We're just simply looking at this saying the season is approaching. Right? I'm not saying he's coming back tomorrow. I'm not saying he's coming back 10 years from now. I don't know. I'm just telling you that the season is approaching. And I want to live each day like he's coming back. Can I tell you that the church no longer talks about the return of Christ? And then what happens is if we don't talk about the return of Christ, the urgency for souls, the urgency for people to hear the kingdom of God, the urgency for us to literally live our lives completely for Jesus is no longer there because we don't have a view of eternity anymore because now we don't think about him coming back. We have to realize he's coming back. And, and, and the reality is if people have said, well, he's come back, we've been saying he's come back for 2,000 years. Yes, and it's still just as true now as it was then. And so we have to realize some of us, we might live to see the return of Christ. Others might go to see Jesus before he returns. So however it be, let us live our lives completely for him. So the first thing that happened was satanic infiltration was everywhere because we see that this happened in the days of Noah. If you look at the days of Noah, I'm just going to read this to you real quick. Genesis chapter 6, just for those who are taking notes. Genesis chapter 6 talk about, talks about the things that happened there. And when we look at this, we begin to realize that there are some funky things that happened in the beginning of creation. I don't know about you, but, I mean, can you imagine not having ever seen rain? That's wild. And Genesis chapter 6, it says, Now it came to pass when the men began to multiply on the face of the earth, the daughters were born to them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were beautiful, and they took wives for themselves all, I'm sorry, of all whom they chose. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not strive with man forever, for he, for he is indeed flesh. 
yet his days shall be 120 years. There were giants on the earth in those days, and, they, and, and, and also afterwards. Then the sons of God came into the daughters of men, and they, were, and they bore children to them. Those were mighty men who were men of old, men of renown. And the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great on the earth, and that every, every intent of his thoughts, of, of, of thoughts of his heart, was only evil continually. So we see that there was literally satanic infiltration throughout everything that happened. The thoughts of men were evil. Do you know that there are things that are happening right now to create the thoughts of men to be evil? So number two is the thoughts of men were continually evil. So the reason I'm telling you this is because now I'm not an anti, like, you know, you got to lock up everything, don't get on social media. But I'm telling you that there are things that are on social media, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, whatever you have it. There are things that are being on these different apps and on these different places that people go. And what's happening is there are things that are entering into their minds that were never meant to enter into our minds. Kids are beginning to entertain things that we never were supposed to have entertained, but yet they're entertaining it. And so what's happening is the thoughts of the mind is being continually evil. I mean, think about what's happening right now and how it's changing the world. The, the, the anti-Semitism that's going on right now, the anti-Semitic theme that's going throughout the world, how they're starting to attack the Jews, it is absolutely crazy. And you see stuff on social media. I went on TikTok the other day, and I was just looking, scrolling through some of this stuff, and I got this person came up, and this person started talking about how the Jews caused all these problems. I'm thinking, holy cow, here it is right here, right before us. Now, and there was another woman, a woman, that I don't know what her name is, she was... She's some famous singer. I'm not hip anymore, guys. I, I, don't, I don't know the current singer, so you have to forgive me for that. But anyway, she's, she's rubbing her belly. And as she's rubbing her belly, she's pregnant. And she says, I think I'm going to call you abortion. And then the, the video switches to a woman with that same woman with a flat stomach. And she was very pregnant. Folks, I'm going to tell you, when we start murdering our young, and that's considered cool, we need to realize the days that we are in that they're evil. Now, that's not for us to say, oh, no, I'm going to pack up and we're just going to barricade ourselves in. No, no, no. That's to say, now's the time to get out there. Now's the time to get out there and begin to tell people about Jesus evermore. Because, folks, we don't know when he's coming back, but we don't know when they're going to go meet him either. And so we have to have an urgency about us not to just say, well... <laughs> Dirty sinner, right? See, I, I, don't, I don't have that in me because huh, I was the dirty sinner. So you can say whatever you want to and, and talk about how bad they were. They're probably just as bad as what I was. I just don't probably have the coolness anymore like I used to. So what happened was they were doing all kinds of things, and there's things that are entering into the minds of people today that were never supposed to enter into our minds, and yet we are now starting to see and hear certain things, what's either, not even, what's either been put in through video for us to see, or it's been put in for the song for us to hear. And as that song is beginning to be heard, it begins to be repeated in our mind, and what happens is it begins to be the lie by which we believe. That's why we've got to guard our ears and our eyes. So days were continually evil. I mean, the Bible says that Lot vexed his righteous soul because he had went to Sodom and Gomorrah. Do you know that? I mean, Sodom was named, I mean, Sodom is named after the, the, the town Sodom. And it goes on here. Let me just go on here. 
Number three is that there were sexual perversions. There were sexual perversions in that time. Tremendous sexual perversions. Number four is that the earth was filled with violence. There was tremendous violence that were going on. And Lot's time, let me just go on. Blatant, aggressive homosexuality is, is happening now. That's the next thing that happened. And Lot's time was blatant, aggressive homosexuality. You may say, well, how can you say that? Because in the story of Lot, the, the testimony or the, 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 his, the historical facts of Lot through the Bible, we see that the uh, men, the, when the angels came in to, to, to Sodom, that the men were trying to force their way in to have sex with those angels. That's aggressive homosexuality. Folks, we've got a, and we're not against homosexuals. The reality is that there is redemption for us all. I'm, I'm, I was going to the same hell as a homosexual. Fornication, heterosexuality, fornication, and homosexuality is still the same, it's still the same sin that sends us to hell. It's sin. It's, it's, it's not living to what we're called to. So that's why Jesus came, so that we could have eternal life with him. So we have to understand, again, in these times, there are things that are happening right now in our lives that are beginning to be fulfilled. There is a blatant, aggressive homosexuality. Pedophilia is beginning to take shape in this world like crazy. It should never be. And so what's happening is we're seeing the world begin to change and the world begin to twist things around. And yes, we say, well, there's, there's people who don't believe that. I agree with you. There's a lot of people that don't believe that. But I'm telling you that what's happening is they're trying to move the train forward even without the people truly being on board. They want the, the agenda being moved forward. And he would say, well, who's they? It's the enemy, Satan. He's moving an agenda forward. He, he uses people as pawns. So he's moving an agenda forward, and we as the, body, as the body of Christ should understand our role in this, because God will have justice. His justice will prevail. Look at your neighbor and say, God's justice will prevail. See, heaven and earth will pass away, but not one of his words will by any means pass away. So God will have justice. He will have justice. He will be able to bring justice, and we want to be on his side, and we want those who may even be on the wrong side right now to be in on his side. So that's why I can look at those who are in sin and those who are in a crazy lifestyle, and I can say, no, no, that lifestyle, I can tell you, is empty, and I can tell you that what's over here is so much more fulfilling. So if you just come over here, you're going to find so much more than what you ever could have ever dreamed. Even my worst day as a Christian is better than my best day as a heathen. So when I look at this, I begin to realize that there's so much more that God has in store. So we in the body of Christ have got to be aware what's going on in the timeline. We're not afraid. We rule over our emotions. We're not afraid when they say, well, they're going to might do this, they might do that. Listen, all the conspiracy theory nuts, we need to stop and let those things go. Because he's going to, get, he's going to speak to us. By his spirit, and we're going to know by the spirit of God what we should do. We look at the signs, look at the seasons, and we look at things very practically and with wisdom, not in fear. So we look at things very practically. So I'm not going to go and hoard up, you know, 10,000 rolls of toilet paper so that no one else has any toilet paper. I'm going to, I'm going to store up enough so that if there's a toilet paper shortage, I have some. And if somebody else needs some, they can have some. Remember, you're blessed to be a blessing, right? I'm going to make sure that those things that I find that would, would be normal things that we would need in, my everyday, in our everyday life, we're going to store up, not in fear, not in fear, 
but we're just going to store up so that we have enough to go on. Not in fear, just enough so that what happens is my mom and dad used to can. That was, that was considered normal. Anybody remember when your parents canned? You can, yeah, yeah. So there were those of us who canned. And, and we would have food. I remember we ate meat one time that was, mom was like, this is like five years old. You want to try it? And it was like, not really. Well, let's go ahead and try it. Okay, that sounds good, mom. You know, so we had meat that was five years old. It had been canned. You know what? It was just as good as the meat that was fresh. So here's the thing. I mean, here's what I'm getting at is that we're not in fear. We're just using wisdom and common sense. Okay. But in the process, we're not going to also listen to the crazy things. I, I've talked to several Christians who have been like, they're trying to, get all these armored tank trucks and all these crazy things. Folks, listen, if that's the case, you're, gonna, you're basically on survival. The church, the church was never meant to survive. The church was called to thrive. So we have to rule over our emotions. We can't let that fear get a hold of us. But we have to understand that we're going to be prepared for everything that might come our way. And as we are, we are prepared. We understand that if there's any situation that happens that may arise, we're just looking at this saying, okay, well, the Lord has already given us wisdom to understand what we are to do and how we are to continue witnessing. Nothing stops me from witnessing. Nothing stops me from doing the work that he's called me to do, right? I'm not going to stop doing the work he's called me to do. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm not stopping. So we keep moving forward. So there were blatant aggressive homosexuality was very rampant in Lot's time. And the last thing was, in both times, there was materialistic. What do we have right now in our world? Everything is very materialistic. Can I tell you that what, whether you have uh, the newest, latest, greatest, or whether you have something that's 5 years, 10 years, 15 years old, it doesn't matter. Because what does matter is that we understand what the Word of God says and we live according to the Word. And that we continually move forward with the things of God. We move forward with Him. And as we move forward with him, we want to understand that we're moving forward in such a way that as a people, we are prepared for every good work that he has called us to. So we're not going to be in fear. We're moving forward. Amen. Can you turn the heat up in here back there, please? Thank you. So we understand this, that as we move forward, we understand that we want to realize we don't want to just give ourselves to, have, to having no concept or no understanding of eternity. Can I tell you that uh, if you look at um, Esau, Esau was a type and shadow of carnality. The Bible would go on and say that God would speak and see he would say, Jacob I loved, but Esau I hated. Why would God say that? Well, because Esau had no revelation or no forward, foresight of understanding of what was to come. He had no understanding of eternity. So he gave up his birthright for a suit. Think about that. How many of us have given up something? And I'm, I'm, don't raise your hand. But how many of us have given up, maybe had set boundaries that we had set in place? And we've given it up because of compromise that the world has kind of told us to do. And in doing that, what happens is we become carnal. Let me put it this way. If I know what the Word of God says, and I don't do what the Word of God says, nor do I stand up for what the Word of God says, because I don't want someone to dislike me, I become carnal. Right? Teresa, can I use you? Can you come on up here? So, 
Teresa and I are talking, all right, and Teresa starts to talk to me, and she is telling me about situations and circumstances that are going on on her job, and she's like, uh, and this is not going on, it's hypothetical, right? So uh, she works for XYZ Company that, from the ABC District of, uh, District of Columbia, right? And so she is working for this company, XYZ, and she's telling me that this company is, that she just can't stand this one person. She can't stand this one person. And she's going to make sure that this person gets fired. Well, how many of y'all know that at that point in time, as a believer, we need to say, no, that's not right. That's not what we're to do. Can you say amen? That's, that's the truth of the matter. So we need to stand up for the scriptures and say, listen, as a brother in Christ, I'm not trying to come against you, but this is what the scripture says, and we want to understand, we don't want to do that. But if I don't do that because I want to make sure I would rather her like me and her not be offended, rather than tell her the truth, how many of y'all know at that point in time I become carnal? Does that, does that make sense? Thank you very much. Let me give you another, uh, let's just do this, because every time I do this, everybody gets really quiet and really weird on me, so we're going to go ahead and do this for fun, all right? So, when I was living with a girl before I was saved, okay, right? So how, how many of y'all know that was sin? Good. How many of y'all know that when Becky, when she was living with the man before she was saved, that was sin? Good. How many of y'all know that when we say that, well, it's okay for us to live with someone before we get married, how many of y'all know that's sin? See, the church has got to be able to stand up for some things. We're not condemning them, we're condemning the action. I don't want to live with someone before I get married. It's sin. I'm not, I'm not coming against you if you've done it because I did it. Becky and I didn't do it, but I did it before I got saved. It's still sin. So we want to understand the truth of the word of God and begin to step on into it. See, I've got a better grip of this now than I ever have. Folks, when we compromise in what the word says because we would rather have the status quo approval of everybody while they're beelining straight to hell, we need to be the ones to stand against the grain and say, no, 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 we're not coming against you, but we are telling you that this is sin and you shouldn't do it. I'm not, I believe in the grace of God. The grace of God is why I'm here. The grace of God is why I'm here. But we've got to stand against certain things. We also have to tell them what we do stand for. Listen, the sin, that's that sin. I did it. It's not right. It's going to hurt so many people in so many ways. Don't do it. Don't do it. It, it doesn't matter who they are. Just don't do it. Well, you don't know what it's like. You don't know that the feelings are there. Oh, I guess I've never had feelings before. Trust me, I understand what you're saying. But I'm saying sin lies at the door, but you can rule over it. So we have to understand. And these days, there is so much compromise that's gone into the church. And we can't let that compromise go on any longer. His justice will always prevail. Shaking will begin first in the house of God. And so there's going to be a shaking, there's going to be a judgment that begins in the house of God. We are seeing, we are seeing churches close left and right. I'm hearing of more and more churches that are closing. And I'm not condemning the churches that are closing. Some of the churches should close, though. Why? Because they're not preaching truth. They're preaching compromise. And we don't want that. Jesus came, see, again, with a king, 
What his word says is law. So when he comes with justice, he comes with justice according to his word. Does that make sense? We, when the, see, wow. Let's just jump on here. Can I go just a little bit further with you guys? I won't take very much longer, but I just want to get this, because I want us to understand about Jesus. Now, does Jesus love, does Jesus love us? Yes. Jesus came as the lamb, right? He's coming back as the lion, correct? We all understand that. Is that. Does everybody understand that he's coming back as king, he's coming back as lion, he's coming back as judge? So if we understand that, we understand that. See, when Jesus, when he was a lamb, he died for our sins. And I have talked to some people who have the, um, you ever heard of good old boy religion? Well, I, me and Jesus have an understanding. I'll bet you do. Yeah. So, Matthew 24. Let's go to verse 45. Now, this is talking about, talking about, um, I didn't plan on going here, so you have to forgive me. But this is talking about fivefold ministers. It says, Who then is a faithful and wise servant whom his master made ruler over his house, his household, to give them food in due season? Blessed is a servant whom his master, when he comes, will find so doing. So that's my role. My, my role was to be able to do what he told me to do. And when he comes back, if he should tarry, and I go to be with him, then he says, you did what you were supposed to do. If he comes back, I want him finding that I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Does that make sense? And it goes on here. And it says, um, um, it says, surely I say to you that he will make him ruler over his goods, over all his goods. But if that evil servant, talking about, again, fivefold ministers, pastors, leaders, says in his heart, my master is delaying and coming, and he begins to beat his fellow servants and to eat and drink with drunkards. See, in other words, we're seeing this now in the church, too, that those who are abusive to the sheep, those who are compromising in their own personal walk, it's happening all over the place. We're seeing pastors fall left and right. And here's the thing about, I'm not condemning them, but I'm just saying we're seeing, these are signs that we're in right now. And we've got to realize Jesus, the king, the judge, is coming back. And it says here, it says in this, it says, the master of the servant will come on the day when he is not looking for him, and at the hour when he is not aware of, and will cut him in two. Jesus. Meek and mild Jesus. But he's coming back as the lamb, he's coming back as a lion. He's coming back as the judge. He will, he will issue justice. So I don't want to be found as an evil servant. I want to be found in a place where I'm walking with him. See, Jesus, when we talk about the justice of, Je the justice of God, his justice will always prevail. And his justice is something that brings about swift, quick movement. But we have to be ready because he gives us grace and he gives us time. By his mercy, he gives us time so that we would be able to find grace to come back to a place to where we're able to do what truth calls us to. So when we do that, we then begin to step into the place of saying, okay, I want to be ready for what he has for me. That's why I want to rule over my emotions. 
I don't want to walk in fear. Hey, listen, I want to tell you, in today's world, what's happening is one of the biggest things that we are concerned about, and when I, when I talk to other pastors, is that more people are, and this is not against anybody who is, has to stay at home right now because they're sick, but more people will begin to want to watch online rather than be here. Online church is great for when you can't make it. That's why we have it. But when we can make it, we want to be here. I'm not preaching legalism to you. Y'all understand me? But I'm saying this is what the Bible says, don't forsake the assembling of ourselves. Well, people say, well, why do I keep going to church? Because I want to be ever so ready for his return. I I don't want to just say, well, I just didn't really, really feel like it today. Again, we don't trust our feelings. I mean, if, if, if we trust our feelings, none of us would come on Sunday morning at 9 a.m. Let, let's, let's meet on Friday, say around 5. And let's meet for like an hour, and then we'll go home, right? But we come because we understand that there's a reason for our assembling together. There's a reason for us coming together. There's a reason because we want to be ever so ready. See, I, I'm looking at this too. I'm looking and searching the scriptures myself because I'm wanting to find out what does the scripture say about me in this? What does it not only say about me, but also how I'm to lead, how I'm to steer the ship for where we're at right now? How am I, how am I going to be able to help those who are in other countries and other nations and other states and the ministries that they're called to if I can't even do it myself? And I'm, pray, and I'm playing a lie, and literally then at that point in time, I'm the greatest hypocrite. God forbid I be a hypocrite. But let's be the ones that really are doing the genuine thing, and let's be ready for the Lord's return. Living each day, because again, his justice will prevail. The enemy of our souls will have a day when he will stand before the Lord. Do you know that the Bible says that the Antichrist, when he rises to power, it's very interesting. This diff- I'm, uh, there's so many things I'd love to say, but I don't know if I should. <sighs> Daniel chapter 11, verse 37 says that the Antichrist will rise to power. He will, be, he will have no respect for God, nor have any use for women. Look at what Jen is being, being shoved right now. There's redemption, there's salvation for all, right? But it says when Jesus returns, he will do away with him. He will execute him with the vapor of his breath. Think about that. I mean, he, he's coming back as the king. Now, in one sense, that puts the fear of God in me, saying, wow, man, <laughs> whoo, <laughs> I want to be ready, you know? And on the other sense, it's kind of like, wow, man, that kind of, we've never, ever encountered anything like that. But to be ready in that time, to be found faithful in that time, that when all these things are happening, when men's thoughts are evil, when there's uh, no, no sense of eternity, let, let eternity become more and more aware to us now more than ever. Because that's what we want to have. We want to have an awareness of eternity so that we are ready for whatever may come. Maybe we go home and be with the Lord, then we're ready right now for him. Maybe, we, maybe we, he tarries and, and, and maybe our kids, know, our kids will be there when he returns. Then let's train up our kids so that they're ready. Let, let's, let's live each day so that we're ready for his return because I, I don't know when he's coming back. I'm just telling you, man, things are happening, guys. Earthquakes, pestilence, plagues, all these things are happening. Again, I don't know where we're at in this, all this, but I'm just telling you, we're, we're, we're approaching things. We are approaching things. We are seeing more and more things happen on a global scale than we've ever had before. 
And we are seeing that, uh, that there is a ton of things that are beginning to happen that God is wanting his church to be ready for. So we're not to, when I say be ready, I don't mean that we're all, you know, in the ark and the door's shut and we're all good. That was for Noah's time. Let us be found doing what we're supposed to do. Let us be found in faith witnessing to the lost. Let us be found in faith making disciples. You may say, well, I don't know how to do that. See, I've talked to some, of, some people. Uh, I've never thought of this. I'm going to be honest with you. This has not been my idea. This has just been things that people have done. I'm like, this is genius. I've talked to certain people who, who at their work, if they can't be here, they'll turn on the live stream so that everyone that's at their work will be able to hear. I was like, that's a brilliant idea. And so they're literally doing the witnessing just by clicking the button. It's amazing. The tools that we have now at our disposal are amazing. And we are still able to tell people about Jesus because he is so good. He is as good as he says he is. And we can trust him in those times when things are going crazy. So let's not be found. Listen, there's going to be plenty of temptation to sway you. Noah preached for 100 years. He had eight converts. And he was considered successful. You can't tell me in those hundred years that some people didn't believe. They were touched, but they weren't changed. We want to be changed. Let us be changed. Let, I, let me be changed, God. You know, let, let me not be, let's not get into the, 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 the mumbo jumbo and the fine details that begin to cause us to be disgruntled. Let us be changed. Let's go ahead and stand to our feet. Noah was able to do all that because he had a relationship with Jesus. He had a relationship with Jesus, an intimate relationship that caused him to be able to understand and hear the voice of God. In these times, when things seem to get a little crazy, let us not be in fear, but let us stand in faith in our relationship with him who is faithful. Let us stand in full assurance that Jesus is well able to do everything he said he will do. And here's the thing about it. I remember one time I was going through something, and I had some situation, and some people were making some comments, and there were things that were said about me, Mary, and Becky, and there were some things that were going on, and it just really wasn't good. It wasn't good at all. And there was, there was a person I knew who um, I had become acquainted with and thought we were friends, and, and uh, some statements were made that was pretty, pretty bad, I found out, that was done behind my back, and there were some things that were done to me and to Becky, and, and we're getting married, you know, and it's my wife, and, and, and these people are, are Christians, and I'm like talking to the Lord, I'm saying, Lord, this just isn't right. I'm not trying to be a, be a baby about it, God, but it's just not right. And I'm going to him. I'm like, I, I could go tell him off, but I know it's just going to cause more damage. And, I, I'm, I'm, and I, don't, I know they won't change, and I don't know what to do. And I'll never forget, it was a cold night, much like uh, two nights ago was. It was like four degrees, and it had snowed, and it was a full moon. I remember this just as clear as day. And I looked up at the moon, and I just kind of talked with the Lord. Not that the Lord's in the moon. He's not. I'm just kind of just looking at the moon because it was pretty, right? And I'm looking up, and I'm praying. I'm talking to the Lord. I'm talking to him out loud. 
And I'll never forget this. It just was like so loud inside of me. It almost felt like it was audible. It wasn't, but it was just so loud inside of me. And the Lord just spoke to me and he said, everything will be made right in heaven. And I began to look through the word and I began to see he makes everything right. He makes everything right. No matter what we go through, we can trust in his word. He will make everything right. So we can trust in him that he is as good as he says he is. We can trust him that he will do what he says he will do. We can trust him that whatever we go through, he's going to be there for us. He's going to lead us. He's going to guide us. And he's going to direct us. But we have to have that same kind of intimate relationship that, we, that Noah, having never seen rain, would know that there was going to be a flood, having never seen a flood. But we have to trust him in what he says to us. Remember, he said for us to have dominion. So let's have dominion. Let's rule over our situations and circumstances, even as, thing, as things approach and we see our world begin to get crazy. It doesn't mean we're crazy. It just means things are approaching. And we have a clear mind to be able to look at the word of God and say, this is what's happening. Amen. That's what we want to do. So, Father, I pray today in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you would continually move upon us. God, I pray that we would have an understanding like we've never had before, Lord, of the times. I pray, God, that we would have an understanding of what you as a king are calling us to, and that we would begin to realize more and more, Father, the absolute truths of what you have said about, have for us to do, the absolute truths of what you say about us, and how we are to be. Father, let us understand the nature of the kingdom, and let us begin to walk in the truth of it. In Jesus' name, amen? Amen. Well, God bless you. If you need prayer for anything, please go ahead and come on forward. If not, have a wonderful, wonderful week. We'll see you on Wednesday. Thank you for listening to this podcast by the River Family Christian Center. If this message has blessed you and you would like to give financially or you would like more teachings from Senior Pastor Dean Wagner, please visit www.theriverfcc.com.